Hi, and thanks for listening to the Turtle Talks podcast, a podcast which will cover the comings and goings of the Happy Dancing Turtle Garden crew through the upcoming year. We'll cover topics ranging from planning your garden to putting your garden to bed. Now, to learn more about us, go to happydancingturtle.org. Now, let's get started. Got your drinks, you all set? I think so. Yeah. We have something to drink. We don't have drinks. <laughs> we have water to drink. Yeah. We oh, don't have drinks. Just water. Which actually has been discussed. Yeah. <laughs> this That's podcast fun. would be a lot more fun with a couple of drinks. <laughs> oh, we got, yeah, four water bottles here. That's yeah. what you're talking about, right? Yeah, thanks for joining us. This is our second episode of the Summer Garden Appetizer, where we bring you our trials and tribulations, what we've done over the past couple of weeks. Just so you're in the habit of listening to us, you have something to, to learn. It's, uh, there's a lot of knowledge in this room. So uh, I'm Colin McLean. I work up here at Happy Dancing Turtle with the marketing, and I'm joined with uh, three-fourths of the garden crew here with uh, Jim, Dave, and Allison. Thanks for stepping out of the heat and coming into the air-conditioned uh, office space here. It was nice to have an excuse to come in. <laughs> yeah. uh, in our last episode, um, we talked about kind of the stuff that we've started planting. Well, I think the planting season's kind of over now, isn't it? I mean, now you guys are kind of getting to the harvesting section. What new have you picked up this week that, that you kind of didn't last week? What's going to be entering the CSAs this year, planting, this, this week? The planting never ends in our <laughs> the maintaining never ends is what I understand. Oh, yeah. the maintaining We're still planting ends. though. The uh, the rush is is done. The right. the big you know wave of yeah. seeding and transplanting is done, but we're still seeding. We've got a few flats that need to be transplanted out, replacements of some of our broccoli. We got some carrots to seed yet, and a few things like that. So. Sure, sure. All right. I, I'm, I'm seeing so you've got this huge list here. I mean, so the CSA is not going to be empty uh, by any means. It, it, even even accounting for the pests that you guys had the last couple, you know, for the last month or so with the, the root worms and, and the, the mice and all that fun stuff. But you guys have, do you think you've kind of uh, bounced from that? Have you over, have you compensated for kind of the loss that happened earlier this season? I think it was tough. Some of the CSAs were light. Mm-hmm. But we do have some different things that we've picked this last week and planning to pick for, we have a CSA to pick tomorrow, that are kind of interesting. Uh, we have garlic scapes that are ready. Yeah, uh, maybe just tell us a little, what is that? It's the flower of the, the garlic when it, when it first starts to bolt um, <clears throat> this time of year around, the, around late June. The garlic stock will send, the garlic will send, us, <clears throat> send up a stock and... and it's best to snap that that flower <clears throat> bud off so that more energy goes into the bulb and you get a bigger bulb of garlic. And you can actually use these yeah. in cooking yeah. and, and, they're, and they're, seasoning and stuff? They're about half as strong as garlic, so you should use about twice as much. Now there's a s- three or four times as much, depending on how much you like garlic. Mm-hmm. Well, who, who doesn't like a little garlic on their burger, right? You know? Right. But I'm, I like to chop it and use it like you use chives, just as a garnish on top. A salad or, or something? Um, in, on a salad, on eggs. No, I'm, I'm going to explain um, to you listeners here that I just pulled these three wonderful people off <laughs> from working like, you know, two hours out in the sun 
they were sweating hot, absolutely working their tail feathers off. And now we're in this nice, cool uh, office space. And so I think the energy level's a little south, you know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not their fault. This is, this is what I call wilting. <laughs> We've wilted a little. We are taking in some water and trying to perk up. Yeah, bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I see the second thing on here is a parcel. Is that like a parsnip or something? Or is that celery? What is that? Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 you're putting that in, in the, you're picking that, right? Yeah, yeah that's a uh, cutting celery, they call it. And it's just like a smaller stem to celery. And it's a cut and come again um, type of celery. So we can um, like cut it off um, a few times and it'll just regrow. So it's like celery, but just smaller and uh, kind of bushy. I actually think it looks a little more like parsley than it looks like celery, which is interesting, but it definitely tastes like celery. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone actually eat parsley? Do you guys? What? Who eats that? I mean, it's a garnish, right? Parsley is like my favorite fresh herb. <laughs> What's the point? It's like eating grass. Well, don't eat curly parsley. Eat Italian flat leaf parsley. I've only eaten, seen parsley curly, on the side of my, parsley. on the side of my steak oh, at a restaurant. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to, um, like, calm your stomach after you eat. Really? So, so if, you, uh, if you eat the parsley, um, uh, it's supposed to be good for... Like a digestive yeah, aid, digestive. kind of, yeah. yeah. I heard it was to help with bad breath. Is that true? Probably would help with... Bad breath. Yeah. But it helps with the garlic steak, or what you put on your steak, <laughs> sure. the, 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 the garlic scape well, that you put will, on there. We will have flat leaf parsley coming from the garden probably soon. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Dave? Yeah. So yep. we will um, we'll let you try some. I'll try how's that it, out. How's that sound? All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to have some peppers coming pretty quick. We have a lot of peppers set in the hoop house. Mm-hmm. Well, is it this is that early or is this when they start popping up? It's fairly early. They've got a good jump on things out there with the peppers and tomatoes. So we're gonna have really early tomatoes and early peppers, I think. Mm-hmm. And the hoop house out there, they're doing really good. So it won't be long. Yeah, we'll so we'll have those juicy vegetables. Mm-hmm. Are these the uh, like salsa peppers? Or are they like the hot jalapeno stuff? Or? Uh, the, they are the uh, sweet peppers. Sure. So there's a. Uh, mm-hmm. Golden uh, treasures, and then there's some um, uh, uh, King of the North, which is um, a, a, just like your typical uh, green pepper. Bell pepper. Um, yeah, bell peppers. Eat those right off. And those are delicious. So, yeah, yeah, those are just so good. Shaking hours to settle down, 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 down. 
past couple of weeks out in the heat. But you guys just haven't been out there planting and harvesting. I mean, besides weeding, uh, what else? I mean, you guys are all busy. It looks like you've done some other stuff here. Um, we talked a little bit about the chop and drop. Could you talk a little bit more maybe in depth? We didn't get into near as depth as I'd like at the last episode. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about what in the world is a chop and drop? Well, um, chop and drop might be a little bit of a lazy gardener's technique, <laughs> but it does come from uh, permaculture principles. Um, we wait until the weeds are flowering and before they set seed and um, send a junior garden crew member. Today it was Chester Lucky, or yesterday it was Chester Lucky him, um, out there with the weed whip um, and just whip it all down. We don't just punish the junior gardener. <laughs> <laughs> I did the other job and myself. So you basically Chester's just... a great sport. He will, he will tackle anything, so he did a great job. Well, that's, that's good to hear. You got some good help in there. You know, but, um, so you, you let them bloom, not bloom up. Do you just take a, a weed whacker, like you said, or a, a lawnmower, just down, you know, mulch it? Yep. Just to it, get it done. It becomes a, kind of becomes a green mulch. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And now, the, um, these, these um, greens are specifically planted knowing that you're just going to, or is it just like, man, these are in the way. I'm going to make the use, best use of them. Now you, <laughs> so these were beds that were in deep mulch last year, so there was areas where there was very few weeds and a lot of mulch yet still, so we planted into those areas, and then the weeds that came up around those and the other areas where there weren't a lot of weeds, we, that's where the, in the other areas where there were a lot of weeds, that were, that's where we are doing the chop and drop, so the, basically we're chopping down weeds that are coming up. Okay. Is there a, a risk of, well, I mean, having those weeds sprout back up? Even, and would you smell them back again? We'll just chop them again. Yeah. Okay. But okay. the idea is that if you wait until they're flowering, all the energy is, most of the energy of the plant is in the top part of the plant and not in the roots. So when you chop it, <clears throat> then that's when, when they're at full flower, that's when the maximum amount of energy is in the top part of the plant. So when you chop it, there's very little energy in the root to re-sprout, so it takes them longer to get going again. Sure, give you a little... And if you do that a couple of times, you deplete a lot of their resources. At least that's the theory. Sure, until you want to do something else with that area. Makes sense. And, you know, worst comes to worst, we just take the tractor and the tiller and till it all in and start over again. Start over. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It right. does save us time weeding, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, with those areas that are in deep mulch, the weeds don't come up right around the plants we've planted, and then we can take that weed whip and knock down the plants we don't want. Mm -hmm. Now, apart from uh, building a, a, a cooler uh, in the shed, you guys have been busy else. Uh, you guys have been busy doing something a little odd. You know, uh, I walked out of the out of the old main here, and I noticed in the overhang here, there's a, well, no other way to put it, a giant bird's nest hanging from the, the, the ceiling. Um, what in the world? <laughs> you, and you guys put that together. It's made out of, well, maybe you can help you know, describe it, what you did to put it together and, and what was its purpose? Mm -hmm. Well, there's been a bunch of little birds hanging around 
campus this summer. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jim's referring to our eco camps, our uh, week long day camps for four age groups, and uh, they teach them sustainability and nature, love for nature, that and, kind of stuff. And yeah. this year the theme is birds. Yeah. I forget the exact name. Birds, birds of a feather. feather. Birds yeah. yeah. So Michelle wanted a bird's nest, so we, so we built a bird's nest. <laughs> come to it's, campus and see it. That's, yeah. I don't know. We'll put some pictures on the uh, yeah. on the website, but uh, it is a sight to behold. It can hold people. I mean, you can actually take a nap in that thing. I've I've laid down in it. Pretty uh, comfy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's it's just hanging, just from um, garden vines. Is there not vines, but uh, grapevines. Grapevines. Yeah. yeah, it's mostly made out of grapevines. We did use some twine to kind of help hold the. Um, wrappings together and um, then when we hung it from the overhang we used some natural fiber rope um, to make sure that it the grapevines weren't the only thing kind of holding it up so and it seems to be a big success all the kids yeah. were chirping about it uh, all week so it's pretty cool I've seen some staff members in it too <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after lunch, you know, it's uh, the doldrums of the heat. Yeah. You just got ah, to put my feet up, uh, put, could, put their feet up, not my feet. I... We could be outside recording the podcast in that nest. <laughs> we'll see how the acoustics are. <laughs> <laughs> break from the hot sun, the, the grueling, dirty conditions that we have out in the garden. <laughs> and she was able to spend three days three in days. a garden, dirty conditions as well, no. somewhere else? No. no. what was this? Um, well, I don't know what the weather was like here, but it rained for three days straight. What were you doing? Where were you? I was at the Minnesota Agroforestry Institute. It was a... Uh, it was two and a half day workshop, in, an intensive workshop on agroforestry. So you went to different uh, locations, different farms that were practicing agroforestry, agroforestry techniques? Is yes. that kind of what it was? Yeah, we had quite a bit of classroom time, especially the first day. And then um, we went to about six or eight site visits after that to um, oh my. to check out the agroforestry practices that were going on in that area. Um, and then we, on the last day of class, we had to uh, work on our own agroforestry case study. We actually did two case studies. One was one that was presented to us, so everybody did the same one. And then the second one was um, a case study that we brought with us and worked on and presented to the class. What is, what is agroforestry? Agroforestry is the intentional um, integration of woody plants into agricultural systems. So it's 
basically that simple. So Use trees. Integrating trees and shrubs into productive agricultural, and they all have their different benefits and drawbacks. So uh, what we were really focusing on, there's the big five of agroforestry, um, and I'll try to kind of go maybe in order. There's um, alley cropping, forest farming, silver pasture, windbreaks, and riparian buffers. Riparian buffers. Buffers. Forest buffers in general, upland and riparian buffers. Um, we have two of those practices here on campus and are planning to add a third uh, next year. That's the chickens, right? That's the chickens. Yeah. What is that? That's the civil pasture. Civil pasture. Yep. Yeah. So I wrote a, a blog about the, the agroforestry practices we here have here on campus. Um, and I'm sure Colin will link that in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but here we have um, our garden is set up on a berm and alley on contour. So we've got berms um, that have perennial crops on them or, or maybe it's not even a crop tree, but it's, um, it's a tree or a shrub typically, and then there's some other perennial things, like we have asparagus and raspberries. Um, and then in the alleys, that's where we plant uh, our annual crops. What's the purpose of, uh, of, of, the, of like having an alley cropping? Does that like keep water in the, system, in, the, in the area? I mean, I know that's what berms are for, but does it just make use of the contours better or help with the soil? Why would you do that, I guess. I don't know. Integrating the, the, there's a few benefits, I guess, potential benefits for alley cropping systems. One is um, if you provide an income producing, if you plant an income producing woody plant, so if you plant like a nut tree or a timber tree, um, that's a long-term investment and you might not see any return on that um, investment for several years or, or many, many years if it's a timber tree. Um, so growing an annual crop or some kind of other forage crop in between those trees in an alley system gives you a short-term income for that long-term investment. And there's also some research that shows that the microclimate created by the, by the woody plants helps with plant growth. Um, and then there's the habitat aspect of, of integrating woody plants into it systems so better habitat for birds and the birds and the bees the birds and the pollinating insects and the yeah. beneficial insects and all that kind of stuff happy nature all around i mean it's not just us that live in this uh ecosystem so makes sense okay. <laughs> um and that's the thing about about these practices though that you know there's always a scale and there's always a spectrum um they can be implemented at any scale and to any degree, really, and you're still going to get some benefit out of it. Yeah. Um, you might have a small alley cropping system, but you know what? That's your system, and you're doing, you're meeting as many of those those um, those goals that that you you're meeting the goals that are your goals. Um, maybe you have uh, raspberries on one side and garlic down the middle, um, and why isn't that an alley cropping system? You've got perennials and 
um, an annual, and they both bring in income in different times of the year. So you don't have to follow a hard and fast rule of this is what it is, but mm -hmm. maybe just follow the, the principal guideline of it. Sure. Yeah, Still get the benefits the of it. beauty of, of gardening or farming is that there are no hard and fast rules other than soil health. Soil health, that's <laughs> rock solid. And the civil pasture that we plan to bring here to campus, we talked about, we have talked about in previous podcasts, is we'll have shady chickens. Mm -hmm. um, chickens are evolved as forest creatures, and they uh, are happier and healthier and safer under a canopy. We are discussing what kind of crops to use for our canopy for our chickens next year. Um, hazelnuts is a... Um, likely possibility and until the hazelnuts get big enough to provide the shade that the chickens want we'll probably be doing some cover crops or um, some tall annuals perhaps we'll see sure corn still or in the corn or sunflowers or something like yeah that. something still to keep in the them cool stages here yeah. so is is the um shady chicken survey still open are you still accepting feedback Sure, yep, this yeah. Shady Chicken survey is still open. I think our answers have been pretty consistent. Good. Um, Gotta get a I clear path. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we kind of know where we're going. That will certainly help, won't it? Well, that, that's all the time we have for. I think we went up a little bit past our 20-minute mark, but uh, if you have any more questions, please feel free to email us at info at happydancingturtle.org. And if you just want to know more about us, go to our website, www.happydancingturtle.org. Um, geez, stay cool out there. It's, it's really hot. Uh, the, the dog days of summer are just getting ahead of us, so be careful out there while you're out in your garden. Thanks for listening.